0: Help my DTC grow, strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brands. How are big brands adapting the DTC revolution? Today, we are joined by Miko Rakola, chief evangelist at Woolman, a leading Shopify Plus agency that's partnered with over 250 DTC brands, including heavy hitters like Mars and Bosch. Miko is also a seasoned board member and advisor for various D2C brands, a keynote presenter at numerous e-commerce summits, and the Innovator of the Year Award winner in 2022 in Europe with Alice Insight service by Shopify. You will get the answers to the following questions. What would be the most challenging things for the D2C brands nowadays? Why do you think that data is more important than the actual purchase? How to treat loyal and VIP customers uniquely? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I ask all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now, let's get ready! What do you think, what would be the most challenging things for the DTC brands nowadays?
1: Well... It, it depends on how you define that, but uh, if you would ask that me directly, as being a specialist for the leading Shopify uh, Plus agency for global brand being Woolman and our customers, I would say that definitely like, profitability is one. That How do you remain profitable in these uncertain times with the inflation, Ukraine war, and other major topics? So how to be profitable? And then from a different perspective, the other topic would be first-party data, especially the bigger players, enterprise level players, how to collect data, what type of data, how to make sure that you are collecting right type of data. And then the second and third steps, what do you get out of this data? So profitability and data are at least like two core things that, that directly come to my mind.
0: And how could they solve these, uh, these issues? So on a strategic and practical level, so with the data and then with the profitability.
1: Yeah. So probably with the data is that you would need to first have good quality of data. So for that, you typically need Shopify or Shopify Plus, great data model, great checkouts, but you need a tool to analyze the data further. So basic analytics isn't enough. So as example, we have our data management platform called ellis, Ellis ellis.is. We have some pretty nice customers there, and we've been developing that for over two Yes, we were the innovator of the year by Shopify in 2022, thanks to Alice. So we can help them to understand the core data and also consult based on their data. So I think like it's a it's very data-driven atmosphere. But that being said, that we also need to make sure that our customers are using the right um, tools to collect first-party data. So typically tools such as Clavio, YachtPo, and others are very, very beneficial in terms of data but they are only benef- very beneficial if they are used in the right way. And the customer understands that what kind of data they need to gather, how to analyze it, how to process it further, and, and so on. And I would also, in, in a D2C space, point out that it's a lot to do with, with the products. So as you are launching new products, new categories, new sizes, new flavors, whatever, how to map and analyze that. And then in some categories, such as CPGs, so consumer-packed, goods, if not all of your data is coming from sales, how to use the data that you gather up front on the site. So it must be in many cases that every fifth or every seventh of your customer is shopping it online and then the others are going probably to brick and mortar stores. So what type of data points you can gather already earlier before the purchase will occur on site because not all purchasers will shop directly online. So, so we're topic 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 with that one. Um, then if I look at the profitability being the second Miklas, first part is that you will uh, know your own margins and you will report your margins to Shopify and Shopify Plus. So that's the basic first steps. And I still see that quite many stumble here. So they are scared to announce their margins for their colleagues or their team. And that's sort of like a basic step because now when you're looking at growing D2C brands, people are keen of growing profitable D2C brands, not anymore growing brands uh, with uh, poor profitability so that would be the the number one step and secondly that when you do know the basics of orders and profitability then you can always make adjustments in customer acquisition in campaigning in shipping fees and in others which then uh, affect the final result but to be super honest here there are also cases where Maybe this isn't the best case for you, or that please don't sell that cheap item online per se. Please bundle it up or, or figure out a solution. For more and more brands, it has also something to do with subscriptions, combining individual items with subscriptions and paid subscriptions, definitely getting heavily traction in, in categories such as high fashion and some uh, CPG as well. So making sure that you will have other cash flow than just pure item sales are the way to, to make your business more profitable.
0: So data could be the starting point of every strategy, every product, every new product lines, everything connected with also with profitability. What do you think, how this thinking about data could change the way D2C brands think?
1: For, probably it's it's getting there. And I see like, it, it's so tough, tough question because it depends that what are you talking about? What type of D2C brands are you talking about? If I look at this digital native vertical brand, for whom Shopify is life and death, they typically are very well there. They understand the importance of data, they are tracking the data, they are updating everything that is related. And the most important part also is that their entire team is aware of this so, if you're looking at the importance of data, it's not enough that the merchant knows or the e commerce manager knows. The whole team must understand the value of data and what we are actually trying to gather here. Then, if I look at like larger players, these enterprise level players who are now jumping into D2C or have been in D2C for a while, for them, it's to understand that what do I actually do with this data, how to gather it better, how to analyze it better, how to create hypotheses, how to play so-called data games. So these are probably the basic tasks that at least where we as, as an agency with Woolman consult our customers. And so far it looks that, that we are pretty much on track after being nominated as one of the top agencies globally.
0: What was the most interesting thing that data could show in the life of Alice and and woman?
1: Well, I can come up with two easy examples. Number one is that we did a data study for a customer and we could figure out as example as was word of mouth a thing. So a one specific location, analyze all of the shopping behavior there in a a time frame and then put that on a map and look that if word of mouth was a thing in their business and could you find like clusters where as example, one person had purchased the item and within two weeks, the neighbors had purchased it as well. So that was very, very much of an eye-opener, at least to, to my perspective. And then probably another case that easily comes to my mind is like switching from non-profitable business to very profitable business. So we have been able to do these in very short time frames, even like a week or, or a few weeks. And we can completely like swap the way how they do customer acquisitions and how they focus on, on their efforts and also how they communicate that both on site in automations and whatever uh, to their customers so we have done some great uh, sort of like hustle when it comes to adjusting the margins and making sure that your business would be more profitable i can count at least six or seven of such cases
0: you mentioned that the global trends also have effects on, on profitability, for example, like environmental friendly clothing or, or fashion trends that you don't want to buy so much of a fast fashion brands. How could uh, brands uh, balance their incline in, in profitability with with new stuff?
1: It, it's, it's a good question. And overall, like we feel that sustainability is a major topic. I think we were the only and first agency to hire a head of sustainability already more than a year ago and she has been looking at sustainability and responsibility matters and been consulting on those to our brands because we do understand that this is a a hot hot topic and this is something where brands actually should care and the brands that do care and understand what they are doing for the climate what they are doing for people and and cultures is, is very key. So what we have noticed, as example, in some cases, is that they want to open second life stores, whether it's a store that they are running by themselves, even part of their Shopify offering, or they are they are linking it to a marketplace. So that's definitely a very positive trend that we see. A slight issue, especially with fashion, if you aren't looking at the highest level of fashion, like very expensive luxury goods, is that that's at least not with the current model too profitable, but it's something that you can, as example, gather some great great de- data that, as example, if you would be selling high heels or skirts, for how long do your, your items last in use and how many times they are being resold online? So that's some type of data that is very important to understand. And in some cases, it can also help with the profitability as well, because in some cases that we've analyzed is that it can affect the pricing. So if the items are damn, damn good, then you could actually sell them for a higher price. So you are as well adjusting some margins there as, as we speak, uh, but it's definitely Definitely interesting topic altogether, and I don't have yet all the answers, but I like the direction where we are heading that uh, sort of like Second Life is important, tracking products and data is important we do know that in the european union there will be some changes for these textile companies by 2025-2027 regulation coming so it's very important to stay alert and understand how should i collect also usage data not only sales data
0: did you recognize any market uh, differences between the us europe or the other parts of uh, the global market in e-commerce?
1: Heavily. Uh, I'm looking at data as we speak, like every single day. So if I would look at, at an, as an upper level when it comes to the 2 c US has been on, on a better track this year, especially this summer than, than Europe. Uh, overall. There are big differences between different European markets. If I look at us Nordics, every single country is slightly different. And there are certain categories that have been almost falling apart, like ladies' training clothing, which was absolutely booming during the pandemic, and some other active uh, categories. I think like high luxury hasn't been affected. We see our high luxury cases flying better than ever. But apart from that, I see in many categories that there are definitely some issues. We see, as example, the U. UK, that some, some customer segments have almost stopped purchasing from, from the brands, which is definitely very very alarming, has to do something with the fact that they are very strict on money now due to the fact that they have to be. So what I do recommend is that as, as a merchant or a brand owner, you should be very much on pulse to understand that what your core customer groups are doing. And if there are any changes, then you would try to understand that what's happening. I see the ba- basic issue for many brands is that they are too passive or they understand the changes too late. As example, if my key or audience segments stopped purchasing from us in January and I notice it now, it will be too late. It was like quite many months ago. So uh, I do recommend that you should understand your key audiences and track their purchase behavior on a weekly basis. You can do that on an Ellis as a platform or some other platform, but you need to have a tool to track how your core audiences behave. Um but overall I would say that the US has been a bit better than, than Europe in general. Of course we've heard li- lately not that many positive news from the US economy as well, but it's definitely been on a on a better Tra- uh, track than, than as example some European brands
0: and you mentioned these loyal customers this customer group who is who's is really with the brand how to treat them uniquely how to make a
1: subscription or or any physical events for them well that's a quite great question and first I would say that what I do see too often is that you don't understand that D2C is one on one and it's one on one two ways not just a single way so you are not just selling goods but you should listen and understand your customers so your the first mark, at least from my perspective. So that's definitely something that I would recommend like adjusting. And then secondly, that definitely customers are expecting more. They are expecting more and more some type of events, whether they are online events or physical events, at least the brands that are doing physical interactions with their customers, they are winning more. And what I see also is that these paid memberships are coming heavily in Europe. So you would need to be a pioneer here to win some market. If you are just slow and watching, then someone else in your segment will probably ride the first wave and win some important customer relationships. But I would definitely look at providing content, providing physical or online activities and even some kind of a gamification that is very much spoken. So as example, what European brands are currently lacking, they don't have mobile So it would be in most cases very beneficial if you are on a certain level, you are serving like tens of thousands of customers, have a mobile app because that can make sure that you would have a very much more like one-to-one relationship there. And you can, as example, have an open discussion with the customers there or follow those who are really like VIP or loyals and how they behave in, in comparison to some other segments. But still the same answer. You have to first know that who are the loyals, who are the VIPs. And for that, you need to do some exercise. But definitely, there are tons of ways how to make it happen. What I as example know from our fashion customers is that they are offering some unique items that are only aimed at these very loyal customer segments. I think it's a great way to treat the customer. Or second idea, that in many markets, you are offering some discounts or campaigns only for these VIPs or VIPs pre-campaigns for these VIPs and if you talk about the sustainability The best example is that you do a pre-order only for VIPs first. So then you don't order too much stock, but you are ordering a limited amount of stock for something that people are looking after and the pre-order opens for these VIPs, as example, five days or seven days before the whole mass. That's a feeling that you are important, you are exclusive and let's make some money.
0: As we speak, uh, I just feel like uh, e-commerce are discovering again what commerce did I don't know 50 years ago so but in in a quicker way there might be
1: some similarities yeah Um, but and and it's actually a great way to to understand that what the best ones in retail are doing but then you should adapt it more like online as example what happens with the smartphone and, and so on but there are definitely some things that People asking me that, where do I learn from? Well, I learn a lot from, from as example, big U.S. lead retailers and how they treat the customer. And I just try to adapt that to the in environment.
0: Yeah, a concierge in a real life could be a mobile app in an off- online life. So, <laughs> of course. And do you see the trend that also big brands are giving value for for a D2C line in their life? And why would they do that?
1: Well, I see that more and more. It, of course, depends on what category you are talking about. But if you look at bigger and bigger players on the market in various categories, every single one has now a person who is some but responsible of D2C. And I think that's a miracle because when we started with Woolman and we've been serving customers for over six plus years now, in the beginning, nobody even knew what D2C was. And they were questioning that, what is D2C? And now when I look at some biggest companies on the planet, so the ones that are growing the fastest, there is always someone who is responsible of D2C. So if you just look at titles and you Google like D2C or e-commerce and D2C or DTC, so you will find tons of people so I think that's a sign that these big players, even Fortune 500 companies, massive automobile companies and others are starting to understand that you can treat customers online. You can sell directly, whether in your own stores or online or omnichannel. So it's definitely becoming a thing. And what I've looked at some documentation on how the big companies are proceeding, I think the most are uh, putting that by 2025, a big chunk of their cash flow is coming from their operations. In some cases, even up to more than 90%. And these are companies that back in the day, like two, three years ago, sold non-D2C or at least non-online D2C. So it's definitely evolving. And this is also something that we can evaluate with our customer base. So we are treating more and more this really big enterprise level brands who have been trusting retailers, they still do, but they've understood that now they need to do something directly. And then the question is like what, how to make it happen, how should I do it? But the positive part is that in most cases they can invest, they have resources. So it's not about the resources, it's more about the goal How should I benefit out of this? How can I gain more customer data? What does real-time customer data mean? And how do I understand that when I do D2C, it's actually more complex than it sounds?
0: And if you had the time and energy to write a book or launch a course about what we have just talked about, what would be the title of it? (laughs) (laughs) I love this one. Uh,
1: There are not that many great books about D2C. There's one D2C playbook by Mike Stevens. Really recommend that Mike is a great, great guy in the UK. Okay, I love reading it. i read it over and over again. But if I would write a book, I would aim it more at like these bigger brands and bigger players and to explain enterprise level directors, uh, key key stakeholders and presidents what are the benefits of direct-to-consumer commerce. That would be my like main topic because I feel that there is not enough this type of a book on the market or even content on the market. I'm looking at big consultancy companies and others. They are, are still like in early stages when it comes to D2C. Nobody has yet explained what is the benefit of d to c for a major brand or major player on the market. How should you make it happen? How should you invest there? What are the core benefits that you gain? And how do you scale it up for us and so forth? So those would be definitely the topics that i could i could gather there and if everything goes right maybe one day
0: (laughs) (laughs) and last but not least i want to give some seeds and nutrition for d2c brands to grow so i we have four quick questions that i want some quick answers from you one you already answered just a bit like the first is what books would you recommend to read for a d2c brand you mentioned mike stevens
1: yeah mike stevens d2c playbook is definitely one Then if you need to have another one, then Eric Reese. all the books from him are great, Agile Startup, Lean Startup. I think those are like great, great, great titles. I would recommend those. Those are my to-go books, but not definitely a book, but there is an article by Andy Dunn, the guy from Bonobos. He did write about digital native vertical brands already way, way back. Uh, There is also a book, but there is a really good blog post. So if you are new to D2C, you should read, and a blog post. I think it's from 2014, a must read.
0: Hmm. Uh, the second is, what is the biggest mistake that D2C brands could make? The single biggest mistake? Not in
1: investing enough. Uh, especially in the data customer acquisition and the model itself. So it won't fly if you will not invest in it. The same goes with retail. You need to do investments in order to get on the level where you can scale it up.
0: The third is, could you tell me your quick growth tip? related to data and what we have just talked
1: about, that they could apply the, the next day, that they could <laughs> This goes for everyone who is on Shopify Plus. So definitely Shopify Plus, the basic customer tool has updated during the summer and spring. So now you can, as example, segment your customers based on purchase intent there is high, medium, and low, focus on the high one, try to study the high segment, try to study the medium segment, and try to understand why you have some in the low segment. So the basic pyramid, that would be my to-go tip for every single Shopify Plus merchant out there. Great.
0: Lastly, what tools would you use as a D2C brand for growth? Of course, Alice. <laughs> But
1: other than that, it, it depends also on the what industry you are there at and, and what type of case you are uh, you are running the operation. I would say like, um, well, it, it depends in, in some cases, but you would need to have some kind of a, like great, great automation tool. We typically go with Klaviyo. Then you need uh, some kind of a review tool. It could be like Jotpo or some other. I think Jotpo is by far the one that, that you need to have. Then you are typically looking at some kind of a segmentation tool. We do have that that in Ellis. If you don't then there are some other options on the market. But then when you definitely want to gather the data and understand what do recommendations and gather gather data, then I know that your Optimonk is a great alternative and there are many many such tools on the market that can help to utilize and gather data. So definitely a recommendation there as well. Then it's not a tool, but it's key. Shopify market is getting great, so if you're trying to do your operation with multiple markets, then I would recommend at least studying what Shopify market is, and also reminding that Shopify B2B is getting as great as well, so you can actually sell with Shopify in other channels as well, both B2B B2C, and they are very smooth to use. So overall a shout out to Shopify.
0: Thank you, Mikko, for accepting my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners.
1: No worries. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to reach out more, please check my LinkedIn, Mikko Rekola, and check our company, Woolman. What's a pleasure, Miklos. Thank you so much.
0: And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.